What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the A to Z English Podcast. Welcome to the A to Z English Podcast. We're here to help you with everything English, A to Z. I'm Kevin. And I'm Jack. And today we've got something a little bit different for you. We are talking with John Lee, who is a professional voice actor in Korea. And we thought it would be interesting to have a conversation with someone who has such a unique job here in Korea or anywhere in the world, really. So, John, nice to meet you. Hi, fellas. Hey, John. Thanks so much for joining us today. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. This is, uh, this is going to be fun. And I demand it. <laughs> He demands fun. De okay. Demanding fun. Well, we I can will, deliver. It's mandatory we deliver. fun. Mandatory, de man mandatory fun. Um, John, we, we wanted to uh, kind of start a, a little bit at the beginning, not, not too far back, but uh, one of the questions that uh, I had for you is, how did you become a voice actor? Like, uh, it's, it is a unique job. And so I think our, our listeners would wonder, like, how does one go about becoming a voice actor? Purely by accident. <laughs> I, I'm okay. sure, yeah, I'm sure people fall into different professions in many different ways. And for me, um, I was working in corporate America. So I, I was an art director at a, at a huge ad agency for, yeah, I think it was like eight years. Mm -hmm. And uh, they kept using my voice to basically demo stuff, little new campaigns, you know, for so that kind of stuff. Uh, probably shouldn't have said those brand names. Sorry. Um, you could just bleep it out. Uh, sure. But it's um, I, I started to to get these compliments for my voice and talking to telecom people, you know, trying to change my mobile phone subscription. They go, hey, you got a good voice, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. So I went and did a, a, a voice acting workshop in Chicago and I spent a couple thousand dollars to do it. But I thought, oh. It's something to do, you know. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll I'll use it later, and and I sure did. 
What, I'm when curious, did you... what is... Sorry, well, go ahead, on. Kevin. I, I did an acting class, actually, many years ago when I was in high school, I think. Show me I was what you like, learned. I don't remember any of it. I, Be a I wounded remember, turtle. <laughs> I remember hold, that when we, when you learn, when you're holding up a product, you should hold it up to your right side because the audience would be looking from left to right from their perspective. So I remember practicing oh. like, this is the product. Not, not a Japanese a audience though. Ago. But what, right. Sorry. Okay. what types of things do you do in a voice acting workshop? Is it just like a lot of voice practice things or? Well, you know that I can only speak from my experience, but um, well, first of all, spending a lot of money on this thing. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. wait, why am I doing this? Why? That's quite a and, bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I realized that there were some people there that were far more outgoing than I was. Mm. Uh, I, I was quite a bit shy, uh, more shy than everybody. Um, but that's one of the great things that a workshop like that does is it gets you out of a comfort zone, as they say. Uh, right. And you're in a booth suddenly, and there are like eight people outside staring at you. Uh, wishing you ill because they want to be better than you. Right. <laughs> and that's exactly kind Weird. of how it ends up being in entertainment anyway. Right. right. So, so yeah. it's cutthroat, I, right? It's, it uh, can be. Yeah. Uh, but so, you know, so is advertising. So I, but you're in there by yourself and there's nobody you can lean on. And mm -hmm. I think that was one of the greatest lessons that I learned oh, cool. and uh, just to do it, just to open my mouth and say something. Mm -hmm. And this went on for, you know, quite a few months and it helped so incredibly well because the coaches would tell you, don't do it this way, do it this way. Uh, or they would hear something that you did was kind of unique to your voice and they would mm -hmm. help kind of uh, uh, enlighten you, make kind of what a psychotherapist would do, you know, when you went in for talk therapy. Mm -hmm. It was kind of very much the same way. Oh, I hear you saying this. Can we talk more about that? And these coaches at the voice acting workshop were really great at picking some unique parts of my voice and uh, helping me to uh, expand on it. Nice. Okay. When you were in that class, were there, were there a lot of like talented other um, voice actors also like other students? Oh my, yeah. In class? Oh, okay. There, so it was quite intimidating then I imagine if you're uh, coming in there for the first time. Um, I had never done anything like this in front of people seriously. I mean, just at my job. Right. Uh, but being in there with people who actually were real voice actors, but they occasionally you need to kind of um, uh, practice your chops. And I guess that's what these people yeah. were doing. And, and this is also before the time where we could record anything in our bedrooms. You know, right. this was uh, right around 2006, I think, 2005, mm -hmm. okay. 2006. So you really kind of had to know recording software and had to have decent equipment in order to, to do a demo. So right. the vast majority of people were going to these workshops uh, or things like this and having demos professionally done. So right. I, it, I, I was in the presence of people that I probably you know, heard their voices on Chicago radio or TV. Uh, you know, there were some really incredible voice actors there. Somebody with a WGN or something like that. Yeah. Um, so when did you realize that you had um, a talent for, well, when did you realize you had an amazing voice? I mean, were you, were you in like junior high school and then suddenly your voice changed and you had this like, this kind of deep, like, you know, voice that, that other people were like, wow, you have a, a great voice. I mean, did, did, uh, did those comments start, early was it high school 
I'm just curious. It was, yeah. Okay. I, I remember in high school, my when you know, when your voice starts to change. Yeah. Um I think I recall people making comments about it. I think they were saying that I sounded like an old man <laughs> just kind of making fun of me, you know, or like it sounded like a mean teacher or something. But uh, it, it wasn't until I was in my early 20s that I realized that I had a voice and um, I actually met. Oh, boy, I hadn't thought of this in ages. And now I'm just starting to remember it. I met with a professional voice actor because uh, oh, really? this, uh, this dude I was in a band with worked for some company and they just hired a voice actor and she was really into punk rock and we were all like in a punk rock band. So she says, you should meet this woman. She was the first per American to interview the buzzcocks on us soil back in the late seventies. And oh, so I awesome. met up with her yeah. Yeah, and, and she ended up being the voice of all of these, um, oh, like national geographic documentaries and stuff. Oh, cool. And, yeah. and she says, you got a really great voice, but you need to learn how to use it. And, mm. and for me, that was the end of it. I said, ah, I'd rather play music. <laughs> so I totally didn't do anything. Yeah. I had to learn to use this. That's lame. Yeah. I, I'm just thinking in high school, what a wonderful gift that would be to be able to call the school and say, uh, John is uh, sick today. He won't be able to right. uh, attend class. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But everybody knew my parents and my parents uh, had very heavy Korean, you know, accents. So I'm sure. Uh... I would have to Wouldn't mimic that work. accent. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Um, okay, so that's really that sounds like that workshop was definitely kind of a watershed moment for you, where you said, "I'm gonna, I'm going to explore this as a job, you know, as a career." Well, um, you know, whenever you do anything or have an interest in something, like we all have an interest in something, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but you read about whatever people who quote unquote succeeded there was always a moment or two that they turned this fantasy or idea or a dream into something actionable. Mm -hmm. Right. And mm. for me, that workshop was it for me. Nice. It was like, okay, I'm spending a couple of grand on this thing, which means I obviously have an interest in this. So I better work hard at it or it's a waste of money. And um, that, that was that moment for me. And mm -hmm. as soon as I had that disc in hand, I felt a, a real big sense of accomplishment, like, oh, I could probably do this because this sounds professional. And for you spent a couple of thousand dollars on this uh, this workshop. Yeah. And when you walked away with that, you uh, did you have some kind of like uh, CD or something that you could use as you know, part of the job application later? Yes, part of the package was uh, you got personal coaching. And at the end of it, they would have a, an in-house mixer, mix and master this whole reel. So I had a, a commercial reel with a commercial advertisements mm -hmm. they are all fake, of course, but uh, some documentary stuff and some, um, uh, what was the other thing? Yeah. Just a, a bunch of commercial stuff, no animation voices or anything like that. But um, I suppose I could have done that, you know, had I wanted to. What, what was the, the I know that I keep coming back to this, and this is the, my last question about the workshop. What was the best piece of advice that you received uh, from one of the, from an instructor in that program? Do you, do you recall that? Um, and I know this is going back a, a little ways here. So it, 
it may not be right at the top of your uh, the tip of your tongue. You know, I think I think for me, it, there were just so many things to learn. Mm -hmm. I knew nothing about it. And I was just so incredibly nervous. And um, they were just telling me all these great things, uh, what to do, what not to do. And I'm uh, very few of those things stuck because I was just so freaked out, you know, by this whole everything process was so new for you. Yeah, and time. opening myself up in front of all these people. So uh, I, maybe the only thing that I still use that they taught me from that point was just to try to believe in what it is I'm reading. Mm -hmm. And that's really mm -hmm. come in handy uh, being a voice actor in, in South Korea. Yeah. And, and so that's a great uh, point to transition to. Um, you have this CD, you've just finished this workshop. Um, when did you make the transition from advertising to when, when did you decide to make the transition from advertising to voice acting and why did you choose uh, South Korea as uh, a pla the place to do that? Your first question, lucky for me, I didn't have to make the decision. Uh, the economy made it for me. We had <laughs> right. a great recession. Yeah. And uh -huh. um, 2007, 2008, things were looking kind of hairy. Right. And I, me and my team lost uh, my gig. I, I quit this. Uh, it wasn't a cush job, but... Uh, I left this huge ad agency to go to another one for money. Mm -hmm. They offered me more, blah, blah, blah. But the bummer part was I was part of a new team. So when oh. they were tightening their belts, me and the new team were the first to get axed. Right. So I, I left kind of secure, secure grounds for something a little, uh, well, just for money. But anyway, it, it, it ended up being good because I got cut and then I had this, disc in my hand i was like well maybe now is the time i actually try to do something with this two thousand dollar cd this. right yeah so the decision was kind of made for me yeah and you're and you're sitting on this this uh talent that you've never really figured out a way to monetize it or to uh capitalize on it mm -hmm. and so um, what well, that was the inspiration for, and why, why South Korea? What was the, uh, the draw there? Um, kimchi. That's no, <laughs> a good draw. Being, I'm, I'm, yeah, good, well, good, I, that's a believable answer, right? answer actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, I'm ethnically Korean. So I've been coming to Korea my whole life, just visiting. And, uh, I had a fair amount of friends here mm -hmm. and my cousin, a really awesome dude, he also lives in Chicago and he told me, look, man, maybe South Korea is your land of opportunity. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not married, no kids, just up and move. What's mm -hmm. holding you back? And right. uh, he mentioned the whole voice acting thing. I was like, yeah, you know, yeah, I guess I did. I did want to try that. And in and, and the U.S., the market is just so saturated with talent. It's sure. uh, difficult. And I thought, okay, well, I know in South Korea, there, there are a lot of foreign voice actors and actors there, but maybe I have a better chance there. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So I just came for a visit and I stayed with some relatives and caught up with some old friends in the, the Hongdae music scene here. And I realized, man, this is a fun place. Why not? Oh, yeah. I mean, agreed. Uh, Within the last 10 years, uh, Korean culture has kind of exploded across the globe. So 
I can yeah. see how the opportunities were, uh, uh, you know, quite quite open. Um, well, you guys ten have years, been here actually, a while. Jack, speaking so you... of that, it's been almost exactly ten years since Gangnam Style came out. Oh, oh that's man. absurd! I'm getting almost old. exactly. It was July, <laughs> actually. I remember of of 2012. That's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> that's how fast 10 years is gone is just no kidding. Yeah. But I think that's what happens when you live in South Korea, because things change so much. You lose track of of what yes. time is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. Uh, it's it, nuts. I, I can't believe it's 10 years old already. I know. Right. I know. Yeah. It, it doesn't feel like it at all. It's like I remember that that craze very clearly. And it was a decade ago already. How 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 uh, scary was it to reinvent yourself? I mean, uh, it's it's such a I mean, there is, I suppose, a relationship between advertising and voice acting, but it's not a it's not a tight relationship. Um, It's kind of loosely connected. Was it uh, were you scared to 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 kind of reinvent yourself and to to start this new this new career in 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 another country? Well, I think that that's a like a really great question comment because the whole reinventing yourself, it feels like that's a pretty acceptable thing to to want to do mm. these days, mm-hmm. and yeah, it seems true. to be a necessary thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it just seems like people are more willing to um, let go of something old. And try something scary or risky because that's what they believe in. And mm-hmm. it, it is a frightening thing to be sure, right? Uh, when you're leaving, I was just thinking the other day, man, when I lived in the U.S., I knew how to do my taxes. I knew the, what the mortgage <laughs> meant. I knew all of this stuff <laughs> right, right. here. And I've been here thing, for yeah. Yeah, four, 13 years or whatever, and things still confuse me. And I've been coming here my whole life, you know, so I can't imagine what it's like for for you guys or, you know, um, real foreigners, uh, real foreigners to (laughs) come over here and try to figure out a whole new way of life. Yeah, but yeah, it was definitely a reinvention as well. Yeah, you guys might might say this as well. It's probably one of the best things you've ever done because it kind of taught you about yourself more than anything else. Absolutely. That's that's something that I tell my students because I did a semester studying in Europe when I was a student. And that's my number one recommendation always to students is just go and study abroad because as a student, you have that that opportunity, the time to do so. Whereas once you're a working adult, you that's much more difficult to just go to another country for six months. But the reason I say that it's so important is not because of the material that you'll study at your university but because you're going to learn who you are. When I went to Europe, I went as one Kevin and I came back to the States as a different Kevin Three Kevins. entirely. Almost. <laughs> oh, yeah. But you really going to another country where you have no friends, no family, you know, no one, nothing even. It forces you to, to figure out who you are. Yeah. You know, I was about to say, to your point, it makes sense for students to do that because your, your eyes are still open. And you're still mm-hmm. able to take in a lot of new stuff and, and really use that in your own life. Uh, but I, I moved here when I was 41 and um, I was still kind of able to do that. And I 
kind of can't believe I was able to do that because <laughs> people my, that age are usually set on a career path. They have families or, or whatever, but mm -hmm. uh, I, I was lucky enough to, to be able to, I suppose, have nothing, you know, mm -hmm. so I was able and to start to over again. And, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I'd done that several times in my life, mm -hmm. moving from one major city to another to, for career or for passion. And, um, yeah, like on the larger scope of, of things, you think about all the people who, who pass away when they're really, uh, too young. Like I just read about Technoblade, you know, that dude mm. who, um, he was a YouTuber with millions of followers. Um, uh, and he was very just, he was loved by so many. He just died at 23, I think. Oh my and, God. Yeah, uh, I saw and, something and, about that. And you think like, Hey, you're, if you're young, yeah, enjoy it, but it could be over. You know, so if there's something mm -hmm. you really want to do, why not try? You know, if you fail, yeah. awesome. You learn a huge lesson. You learn who yeah. you are and you learn something else th that you might be able to do. You know, that's probably one of the worst things that could happen. Uh, but if you don't do anything and you have this kind of desire to try something, yet you don't do it, you're going to end up an old person just being angry at the world because you mm. see people trying stuff and you know you didn't. Absolutely. Right. Regret. Uh, yeah. Is a, uh, and I think there's something to be said about people that are willing to bump up against resistance and then move through it, you know, yeah. instead of just uh, kind of turning around and going home, you know, it was like, Oh, it, it didn't, it wasn't perfect, you know, well, mm -hmm. nothing, nothing is. Um, right. And don't you yeah. find that when you, when something is, broken in one of your fantasies or dreams you're on your way to trying something that you really want to try yet things don't turn out exactly the way you want it that may end up being your favorite part of that journey because mm -hmm. you weren't expecting it because you didn't write yep. it oh absolutely uh, when you say yes to everything and you try it you end up doing something that maybe you didn't even know existed like right for example being a voice actor in korea um might have been one of those situations and so sorry i'm trying to transition here a little bit um but Get us back uh, on track yeah no this is so great easy. i love what we're what we're talking about um how did you get that first job in korea like what was your plan because i know that you you were kind of coming in uh not as not with a manager not with an agent but you were kind of left to your own devices to kind of navigate to figure out this this landscape and uh and you did it i i guess i'm just wondering what was your first break like how did you how did you break into it in in korea oh i think even long before i got here i started googling uh voice acting english voice mm -hmm. acting soul and uh, <laughs> just to see what was there and back the internet then, has everything yeah <laughs> right around it must have been 2008 i think and i found what was an agency i think uh, ended up being one dude and uh, I, I just kind of emailed the guy and said hey i'm coming over there in about a, a month or so i'd love to have a meeting uh here's um a link with some of my stuff and he wrote back said sounds great Let's do it. So he, he ended up being kind, kind of not an agent. Uh, he wanted me to sign an exclusive with him. 
he said something like uh, i'm gonna yeah. make you a star or something like that I was like, uh, no. no 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 and you said i'm ready for my close-up yeah no exactly yeah, uh, yeah. and he sent me out on a few gigs at the same time i met up with a a friend of a friend and he was in voice acting a little bit so he passed my cd to somebody and uh, arirang broadcasting uh, mm. about the largest here in, in korea for english-speaking stuff mm -hmm. got a hold of me and said they wanted me to come and audition for something and normally i don't think these places really audition they just kind of say well we like your voice you have this experience come on and do it but i had no experience so i think they wanted just to see what i what i could do mm -hmm. and um after i did a little bit there i yeah i got to voice um uh, kind of a series oh what for, kind of series Adidas. was that um, it was like a rescue 119 oh, i don't know if it's that okay. that's exactly the name of it I, i'm pretty sure mm -hmm. it was though but it was uh so i'm getting mixed up okay a lot of things started happening at the same time for yeah. for a couple of months what i was doing was just um saying yes to just about everything like you mentioned earlier you just say yes right yeah yeah uh, i was making hardly any money doing this and i knew i was getting ripped off but i was just like this is practice for me i'll be honest you know yeah. it, if i'm if i can be in a studio with with another american and they're they're in university and we're both getting paid lunch money to do this uh, we're but we're both practicing our skills and mm -hmm. it really helped for for the time that i got my audition at adidas and you're building so, that resume you know when you show up you've got some lines of things that you've yeah. done you know and i don't think i can overstate this fact unless you have done any voice recording or acting or whatever it's a frightening prospect okay mm -hmm. because you're sitting in front of a, a three thousand dollar microphone and every every little bit of spit that's in your mouth can be heard. And suddenly you're hearing it for the first time going, yeah. Oh my God. And they'll, they'll have you say a sentence, you know, uh, Jack and Jill, whatever, blah. And then they'll say something like, Hey, can you do it again? It's like, what? And suddenly you're doubting the fact that you can read a simple sentence in English. <laughs> right. So it, it, wow, it yeah. can be pretty daunting, right? Yeah. So all that early practice for virtually no money, kind of came in handy when when i um just got a chance to do a series yeah well what is your I, what, what is your strategy so oh, sorry kevin uh i didn't mean to i'll let you ask your question first just a, a random kind of question you talked about hearing yourself and that's one thing that once we started recording these podcasts like hearing my own voice just i'm still not used to it i think jack is more used to hearing himself now how long did it take for you to hear your own voice and not go like oh that's me i still do that do you still? It still is awkward oh, really? sometimes. Yeah, when I listen to this uh, podcast, I'm going to go, oh, man, you're such a dummy. But um, <laughs> I, I would say that uh, doing those early projects where I, I knew I wasn't really making what I should have been, uh, but it was great practice, honestly. Mm -hmm. And I, I think a great lesson that I learned on the fly as I was doing it was like, just do it and walk out don't think about it you know you did you did a great job unless they tell you otherwise yeah and it was a huge lesson for me to be able to just do something and then walk away from it and not worry right. about it anymore instead of ruminating oh did i sound like a t total moron there nobody cares if they if they don't stop you that means they like it 
you know? Mm. Right. And you have to, the only way to learn that is through experience because you have all these preconceptions about what the job is and the sound booth guy is not going to stand up and clap when you do a good job. Exactly. You know, like it's just, he's doing his job too. He probably wants to go eat lunch and, uh, He's thinking about, you know, yeah, uh, eating kimchi and or something. But uh, yeah, I could I could see how you could you could start to project certain things onto other people or, or ideas that that are just in your imagination. Um, right. And that's easy to do uh, mm-hmm. unless you have experience at it because you're suddenly in this tiny booth that's dead silent and you can hear every little sound that you're making. Every little sound when your stomach yeah. grumbles because you're hungry a little bit, that gets picked up on the mic, and some engineers oh, wow. will say, "Do it again because your stomach was grumbling." <laughs> you heard that, <laughs> boy. <laughs> yeah. So um, like, I can't control my stomach. I'm sorry. Uh, do you, Do you have any right. Do you have any strategies or like uh, warm up techniques that you use to, you know, kind of get yourself ready for a recording session? Because I'm sure you're you're probably not like you know, walking in after drinking a soda two seconds before and you know what I mean? Like there, or, you know, chewing gum or something like that. Um, Clearly some snack is important so that your stomach isn't growling. I'm trying to think like you wouldn't (laughs) want to eat like a peanut butter sandwich before a recording session, (laughs) you know? No, you're absolutely right. I think everybody has a different thing that they do. Uh, Just speaking for me it really depends um i just try not to eat right before or Mm -hmm. about an hour before but not uh, too long because you don't want your stomach to grumble right (laughs) right and it also depends on the on the project because if it's a short reading some readings are done in 15 20 minutes Mm -hmm. i don't really worry about it i just make sure that i don't make too many mouth noises i'm well hydrated and um i don't have any nasal congestion that sort of thing uh, I might gargle with salt water mm, just before the yeah. recording. Uh, it seems to help me. Uh, and if I do longer sessions, like one or two hour sessions, which which those happen where you're just reading constantly for an hour until somebody tells you, it sounds like you need a break, dude. Then mm-hmm. um, I'll definitely gargle with salt water, have warm water. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just seems to to keep everything flowing. And Really, I think everybody has their own thing. Yeah, sure. Well, I can just, t- I can just tell you what I do, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I know using your voice all day really takes some practice. I know the first couple of times I went back to teaching after the pandemic, being in the classroom again for six, seven hours, mm-hmm. I got home and my voice was wrecked. Just well, try not yelling at volume. Just stop yelling, shut up at the kids all the time. I, I really should work on, on I know it feels great. <laughs> Well, well, speaking of that, like, uh, you know, your voice is your, your moneymaker. What, how careful are you during the day? I mean, do you, you know, like you get, you you have a noisy neighbor. Do you just go like, gosh, you know, I'd love to, to yell at, at my neighbor right now through the wall, but, uh, you know, I don't want to jeopardize my, my voice or, um, you know, just like those situations where, we might abuse our voice and maybe even like consuming alcohol, um, things like How that. How dare you? How Sorry. dare you? <laughs> Never talk bad. No, I'm just kidding. Maybe just so, no death metal singing. 
Is it just a yeah. tall a tall glass of uh, Pepto Bismol and and vodka? Is that is that your Pepto Bismol? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, the thing that I try to avoid is wispy talking like this. Mm. You know, or a lot of us talk to ourselves when we don't even know it. Oh yeah, I catch myself yeah. all the time, yeah. and I think I've been doing this since I was young, and I think I do it more now that we wear masks out. If I'm at the store, mm. I'm like, should I buy these oranges? Oh, expensive. Hmm. <laughs> Doing that for about an hour in the grocery store and I get back and my voice is hoarse. So yeah. I think that's the one thing that I just try not to do is to speak in that wispy voice. I'm so hmm. glad you said that because uh, if, 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 if someone, if there was like a fly on the wall in my house listening to me talk to myself, they would come to my house with a straitjacket and right. probably take me straight to the loony bin. But uh, I think all yeah. of us, talk to ourselves and we don't even realize it unless our significant other says uh hey maybe stop <laughs> being stop crazy <laughs> right <laughs> um what uh well I, I i don't know if this is a, an appropriate question or not but i'm i'm kind of curious like um you don't have to specifically say the name of the companies but what kind of jobs like have you done like wh what kind of products have you uh, have you, have you read, read for? Well, I don't do the large TV commercial stuff. That's the, um, that's the territory of a, a handful of legendary voice actors here mm -hmm. who've been doing it for a long time. And, and that's their gig. I do, I do a lot of I mean, I, all the large names. Think of any large name here in Korea and I've done stuff for. Mm -hmm. uh, most okay. the a lot of them are internal stuff a lot of them are just for youtube a lot of them are for uh, um uh radio campaigns uh and then i've done a ton of documentaries I, I would say with the exception of when i was on radio for about nine years uh documentaries were my bread and butter nice mm -hmm. do you have a favorite uh genre is, is genre right a favorite like type of gig like do you prefer documentaries to commercials to internal memos or or whatever is that is something more fun i think the vast majority of voice actors would say commercials are the best because they're probably the shortest the highest paid okay. mm -hmm. but they're also the most intense uh because mm -hmm. you're going to be the voice of a brand or a product uh, ah, whereas documentaries right. are a lot more work just actual time to prepare, sure. you know, just to make sure you pronounce things correctly. If it's a, right. a nature doc or, or a science doc or a, a Korean history documentary, as an example. Oh, right. Um, so, but the pressure isn't nearly as great as a, a TV campaign. Mm. Yeah. You're I mean, so much more becoming the voice of a product is, is that kind of like the, um, you know, like the the uh, I, I don't know what the, the expression is I'm looking for, but like the the ultimate goal, you know, is if you become you are the voice of this product. So every every commercial, every reading is is your voice. Um, have you have you had anything like that? That's like recurring where you're you're coming back again, uh, again and again and again for the same same product. No, I haven't done anything big like that. Mm -hmm. uh, I've done stuff for YouTube and it's for, you know, large, large companies and they're for similar products mm -hmm. or, or initiatives, little campaigns. Uh, but I haven't done anything 
that you're going to see on television. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess there are just so many, uh, so many avenues uh, these mm-hmm. days, you know, I mean, I, I don't even think, you know, YouTube wasn't even on the radar 10 years ago and now it's a, you know, it's a huge business. I, I think uh, my daughter is a teenager and she watches far more YouTube than she does television, which that means uh, I'm a teenager. Cause that's what I do too. <laughs> I, well, I think I, I'm welcome to puberty, John. Too. <laughs> Thanks guys. <laughs> um. I have a, I just have a couple of other questions. I'm like, what is your, like, how, how do you compare to other voice actors? Like, what is your vocal range? I mean, do you, can you, do you have something, is there something specific? Because I actually, uh, just for a full disclosure, John is a, a friend of ours, um, a friend of the podcast. And uh, I remember you mentioning last, uh, the last time we, we talked um, that you, have kind of a you you're you have a unique voice that is kind of in the i want to say like the old timey um old timey well not you old, know the, when it, we it, sold elixirs <laughs> right yes yes yeah, uh, i know that you were a snake oil salesman in your uh, yes. uh early years but uh no, but, right but, but you have like a more like, traditional like a more traditional radio voice um i remember which, yeah. when we were talking about this right mm-hmm. uh I, I just interrupted you, and I'm so very sorry. Actually, I'm not even sure if there was a question in there, but uh, <laughs> I guess I, I there guess might have I'm been just... an insult coming. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I did. See, I did use the expression "old timey." So uh... I do remember that conversation actually, and, and it yeah. and it went something like this: My voice when I first got here, I was getting as soon as I I started to get known a little bit, I was just constantly busy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I clearly remember just before uh, the whole Gangnam style thing, you know, we're talking about it must have been 2010 or something. I was just like in and out of train stations all over Seoul, which is how I found out some of my favorite places, cafes, neighborhoods, restaurants, because I was just always in and out of these places, you know, or mm-hmm. hopping into taxis. And um, I kept getting told repeatedly that I have that classic old American voice like that big American voice, yeah. that sort of thing. So that's, that's what people were, were hiring right. me for. And now when you hear podcasts on YouTube and you hear radio, even in Seoul, English language radio in Seoul, everybody sounds like they're, they're kids just off the street. Like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, that's so awesome. Really? <laughs> right? Every, wow. Everything's a question, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Everybody said hello. Canadian. (laughs) Uh, But (laughs) I'm joking. But I think that's kind of the future. Right. So voices like mine, I mentioned this before, we might end up being relics of Mm -hmm. of the past somewhere. Like, do we really need to hear a voice like mine on the radio going, hey, you're listening to Bubba, the authoritative voice? Because I think that's what they what they were calling this sort of vo- vocal style, the authoritative voice. That's yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. And now it seems to be everything is becoming democratized, and I think that's what people want. And I actually kind of like watching podcasts where where people are just being very natural, like you're dropping in on a conversation. So that's really yes. fun to do. So I, I think voices like mine are on the way out, except for special purposes. And all I can hope is that. They include me in those special purposes. 
Well, well, right. John, I would, I would much rather buy a car from you than, you know, um, if what's I, if it going to take to get you inside this automobile, mister? There you go. There you go. <laughs> you got exactly. a lovely wife. Watch it. You guys look great in this car. Come on. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think there, I think there's always going to be a place for the traditional radio voice, but I do know what you mean where if uh if the new model is the kind of fly on the wall or you're the fourth mm. wall you're actually mm-hmm. in the room you don't want to be in a room with with three people who are speaking in an, in a traditional radio voice you know it, it feels a bit a bit odd maybe um, what it would feel like is you should go to youtube and type in uh famous voice actors 90s going into a limo or something it was like all the people that you <laughs> yeah. heard going this summer, that sort of stuff, right. the actual voice actors all walking into a limo and going to some award ceremony, doing their vocal style. Yes. It's completely hilarious. And it's, uh, <laughs> it'd be amazing. I think relic is a good, uh, yeah, that's a good way to put it. But, uh, but uh, John, you'll never be a relic to us. We, uh, you're, you're, uh, you're our favorite voice actor. Uh, what do you think, Kevin, in, uh, in Korea or in the world? I'm going to give John a, in the world. He's my favorite. Well, he's voice he's actor. definitely the, the best voice actor in this room. <laughs> the amount of lying going on right now is just stunning. Absolutely stunning. <laughs> um, before we, uh, you know, before we, we wind this down a little bit, I guess I'm just, uh, I have a couple of other questions that I wanted to, to hit on. And, um, you know, like what are the, for, for those, um, fledging voice actors out there so for our listeners who think that they may uh have that gift you know uh of the uh the golden pipes um what are the what are three qualities that you would need to be a successful voice actor uh in your opinion just based on your experience i know this i put you in the hot seat here it doesn't have to be three. It could be one or two. It's a, it's a, what, whatever you can think. I lie. You can lie. Yeah. There's no, uh, as long as yeah. it's not bad advice just to keep people out of your field. Actually, our, our listeners go. don't know, yes. but go we, to law school. That's the best way to do it. <laughs> We've got John hooked up to a lie detector test right now. You don't know that, but uh, yeah, no. Um, whatever you think is, uh, is pertinent information for, for those out there that might be uh, interested in following in your footsteps. All I can say are some things that I learned that uh, taught me a great deal. When one of the things, maybe alluding back to a, a question you were going to ask earlier, uh, the range of my voice. So I had always had a lower voice, I guess. Mm-hmm. And right. um, so when they asked me, hey, can you do character voices? I said, yeah. I was like, oh, my God, what did I just do? <laughs> and um, they said, can you sound like a little boy? So sure. <laughs> I go, can you do it now? Oh, right now? Uh, okay. So then I, over time, uh, became very good at going from a voice like this to get off of my foot. Just cr- things like that, just really over the top. And mm. it was like, all right, that's too much. How about doing it this way? Okay. So I learned how to just go from my natural state to being super over the top and weird. Uh, like you just heard right now. And it taught me that, oh, wow, I guess I am able to do this. 
You know, I'm able to just take somebody's direction and just go for it uh, at the risk of sounding incredibly stupid. And that is a huge lesson that I learned. And it Mm -hmm. just freed me up to try a bunch of other things. And some things were successful. Other things sounded like crap. But learn what works and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, you walk out of the studio and they're paying you. So something worked. So the, the, just the ability to, um, to take a risk. I mean, that's what you're talking yeah. about, right? It's just to, say yes. Yeah. Put yourself out there and w- with the, the risk of being embarrassed. Um, but that's the only way it, you're going to uh, break through, I, I think. So that's a. Especially that's a for lesson. people. A lot of people who want to do this uh, are, are way less. Uh, far more introverted than they, than they might think as soon mm-hmm. as somebody sticks a mic in front of your face and headphones on you. And then they're on the other end of a glass. So it's really terrifying. And, and mm-hmm. if you just go absolutely and try something weird and different at the very least, it's like a breaking of the ice for yourself. Mm-hmm. And you'll never know that unless you do it in public, you can do it in your bedroom all you want. But you just yeah. kind of have to get out there and, and do it in front of people and see what works and what doesn't. I, I'm an amateur guitar player. And I, I you know, of, of whatever my skills are, um, if, I, if, if another person is watching me play, I'm, I'm about 60% <laughs> of whatever my ability is in the, you know, uh, comfort of my own bedroom. Um, and I think there, there is something to be said that, you know, performing when, there are eyes on you. That's something that you have to kind of overcome. And uh, I suppose it just takes practice. Um, yeah. And it takes like practice everything. in the situation, mm-hmm. not in, you know, like what you're mentioning, not in the bedroom, but in front of people. So right. it's a very frightening thing to do, but once you do it, it it's freedom for you. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and it's, it, that's a great, um, I, I mean, I think that's just a, a life lesson right there that we can, that people can take away uh, from. Um, I've got one uh, uh, fun question that I just want to ask you. Um, you know, having this skill, you know, it's not, it's not something that you just can do in a recording studio, but you could do it anytime. So do you ever just mess with your friends by, you know, you doing some kind of voices or whatever, just to, to make your friends laugh. Or um, I, I guess I, 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 it just seems like if, if I had this skill, it's something I couldn't help, but just pull it out every once in a while, just to kind of uh, make people chuckle or, or entertain people or, or, or make my friends laugh or something like that. Um, I'm just curious. No. <laughs> all right <laughs> serious it's the only the, point. <laughs> the only time i've ever used wacky voices besides what i just did earlier was um around kids if i'm playing with whatever like young kids mm. in the neighborhood um or if they say something uh, you know for to relatives kids if they're really young i might just kind of make fun of the way they talk um <laughs> Just, you know, like try to sound like a little child coming out of, you know, my face. And if I see them laughing, then I'll just go really over the top. And and that that's the only time. Otherwise, if I do it with my friends, they'll they'll just think I'm a total moron and tell me to shut up. (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah, John, we know you're a voice actor. Okay, got it. Yeah, exactly. So they they know that. And, And frankly, it's like 
I feel like I do enough jobs where I get to be a ridiculous voice. I mean, I, I voice yeah. crazy animal characters and very surreal things, and um, that's good enough for me. Have nice. you ever have you ever received voice phishing a voice phishing phone call and then just flipped it around on them? Be like, no, but I wish I could. Uh, we have a special, and then you go, oh well, actually, I have a special for you, and then uh, I don't know. That's uh... you can't afford not to buy it from me. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that would be great, though, right? <laughs> it would be <laughs> um, nice. Yeah, John, uh, Kevin, yeah, go ahead. I'll let you. Yeah. Well, did you have anything else that you wanted to ask? Jack, I think we've covered pretty um, much everything for no, today. I, I think we covered everything. I just, I just want to uh, say, you know, thank you so much to John. Uh, I know it's uh, mm. not easy to to find time to, uh, you know, to do interviews and stuff. And so we just really appreciate uh, your willingness to come on here and, sh- and share your time with us. So and uh, using so your voice you. with with us as well. Yeah, yeah, I could listen to that voice all day long. It's, uh, yeah, you have an amazing voice. That's for sure. Well. You're either being super nice or just lying through your teeth. Either way, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll right. take it. Column A, column B. <laughs> just take it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, thanks. Thanks again, John. And thanks everybody else for listening for today. It was a little bit longer and something new, but it was definitely an interesting talk. So remember, you can come join our WhatsApp group as well to tell us what you think and tell us what was interesting about John's job or ask any questions or just chat about being a voice actor. And we'll see you next time. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.